Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Last week I had I had a message ready and it didn't seem to work out that way. And so tonight I'm going to pull it back out. Uh, I think we can actually get to it tonight. And uh, it was it's a sometimes just the way the Lord deals with me, you know, is when it comes to Wednesday nights and I don't have a clue what I'm going to be preaching on or ministering on. Um, Sometimes it just comes in just a very, you know, varying different ways, and sometimes it's just a word. And so this particular time, just a couple of weeks ago, the Lord just dropped a word into my heart. So I went and started looking it up, and, and I found a, there was a lot to say about it. And, you know, by the time we get through tonight, I just want you to, to see that there are just so many different aspects and so many different variations of the way you look at, at things that come out of the Word. I mean, it's all good, but, but they're just sometimes just to present something a certain way will click a little bit better. You know, it'll mean something. It'll speak to you in a little different way than it has before. And so uh, hopefully that's, that's what will happen tonight. And uh, so the, the, what the Lord just dropped in my heart was the word darkness. And so it was amazing all the different things I found in the Bible that have to do with darkness. But very first thing is go with me to Genesis 1. Darkness is a real thing. And this world is operating in a lot of darkness. But I want you to see in Genesis 1, in verse, uh, let's just start in verse 1. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Left by itself, all there is is darkness. And yet God dealt with it. The very first thing he dealt with was darkness. In the natural, the very first thing he dealt with was darkness. It goes on and it says, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. You know, you say, well, you know, he had to do that because we have to have day and night. Well, I understand that, but, you know, that's on one level. But on the other level, darkness is where the enemy operates. You know, here it said that that the earth was without form and void. That's the territory of the enemy. And that's where you and I found ourselves, in a place of darkness. That's where this world was, was a place of darkness. But he created a place where there was a division of the two. And then he went on to create the the rest of, of all living things. You know, for anything to thrive and survive, it's got to have light. For you and me to thrive and survive, we're going to have to have some light. And God spoke to that darkness right away and put it in its place. It has a place. It has a place. And he put it 
in the right place. Well, there's a lot of good things about darkness. I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, just natural darkness. I mean, you go out at night, especially out where I live, and there's no street lights or anything, and you look up, you know, and the stars are magnificent when the moon is, is you know, not full. Uh, you look at it, and you just, you just kind of look at there and just, and just in amazement at all the stars. But you know what those stars are? They're light. They're light. Light shining in the darkness. And, uh, and so I'm just, I just kind of just, just started looking at different things. And so darkness has, has two connotations as far as I'm concerned in this context. Darkness, number one, is a place of not seeing and a place of not knowing. You know, and that's what we deal with so many times. Go with me to John, the very first chapter. I've got all these scriptures written down, and, and we're just going to kind of flip-flop through a lot of them because I don't have a particular order that I want to use. I'm just kind of depending on the Holy Ghost for this. Uh, but it's, this spoke to my heart, so I, I, I certainly hope that it will speak to yours. John 1, 1 through 5, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness, Old King James says, comprehended it not. The New King James says, overcame it not. Uh, Go with me to John 8, verse 12. Hallelujah. Jesus said this. He said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Go with me to 1235. Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. He was the light. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walks in darkness knows not where he goes. While you have light, believe in the light that ye may be the children of God. Do you know when you're walking around in the dark, you don't have a clue where you're going? You hope you're going in the right direction. You trust you're going in the right direction. But you don't know. That's, I have nightlights all over my house. So if I get up in the middle of the night, I can see where I'm going. Because I, I don't know about you, but I found myself in a hotel room at times, you know, when I forgot to take a nightlight with me. And I have run into more things. You know, if you remember the story of PG a few years ago, he was down here at the church late one night and he heard something. And so uh, he, he turned out all the lights down that hallway and was going to go into, I think, the, uh, one of the toddler rooms, no, the toddler room or the, or the baby room. And somebody had parked out there, you know, I think in the drive-thru or something. He was trying to figure out who in the world would be there at such a time of night. And so he is trying to make his way down a very dark hallway. If you've ever been in that hallway at night when there are no it's dark. And so he, he made a turn, and he ran smack dab into the corner of the doorway. And those were metal doorways. And he put himself a nice little gash, you know, in his head. You know, you need some light to know where you're going. You think you know where you're going, but sometimes you find out you don't know where you're going. You don't know what's there. It can cost you. Oh, my, the times I've hit my toes on something. 
The times I, I've run into something in the, in the dark. The times when I, you know, <laughs> no, I won't say that. Uh, <laughs> the times when, uh, you know, it didn't, it, I should have turned on the light. Should have turned on the light. Um, verse, <laughs> you're in chapter 12, go to verse 46. Jesus said, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believes me on me shall not abide in darkness. Uh, there's a, a verse over in, in Micah that says, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Romans thirteen twelve says, cast off the darkness and put on the armor of light. Uh, I tell you, First Peter 2, 9, you know, if you can't get your shout on for this, I don't know. We've been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Not just little light, not just a good light, not some light, but into his marvelous light. We've been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. You know, and, and Proverbs 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In verse 130 of the same chapter, it says, The entrance of your words give light. Do you realize how much darkness you are operating in? Do you know much, how much darkness you are living, walking in, thinking that you were okay? Darkness keeps you in a place where you can't see and you don't know. You know, and, and there's, there's a time when suddenly the blinders came off and he entered into, into that marvelous light and darkness had to go. Had to go. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5.11 says, have no fellowship with the works of darkness, but expose them. 6.12 of Ephesians says that we wrestle not. In fact, is, let's just go to that one. Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And yet Colossians 1.13 tells us we've been delivered from the power of darkness. You know, I, as, as I was going over this, you know, again, you know, there's some more things that cropped up. So I was really glad that I really didn't get a chance to do this last week um, because there's more to say about it. And, you know, there's, there's darkness, just, just the darkness of being not knowing God. There's that, there's that darkness, not having received Jesus as Lord and Savior. There's that kind of darkness. You know, when we, sometimes we get so frustrated with people in the world because we don't understand how in the world they could act like that, how they could do that. And uh, my sister and I spent most of yesterday to get together and we were doing some, she was wanting to clean some things that she had. And so I, and I was working on my back patio and, and getting it all cleaned up for company this week. And, and uh, she was, I don't know, at some point, either it was either while we were having lunch or maybe on the drive back. Uh, she said she was telling me about something, and she said, I just cannot believe that people do that kind of stuff, how they can act like that. And I said, they're in darkness. They're just in darkness. That's their problem. 
They, they don't know. They don't see. They're, I mean, they're just in a place where the, their father, the devil, you know, and pastor's been preaching about that, when their father, the devil, has them so, he, they're, they're totally within his grasp, totally within his power, totally within his mindset, totally within his way of thinking, totally just brainwashed by the darkness. And so they can't help but act the way they do. They can't help but think the way they do. They can't help but think certain things are okay the way they do. When you and I are aghast at the, at the kinds of things that people in this world think are okay. But you know, it's, it's our job to expose darkness. It's our job to bring light into situations. Uh, and, it, and, and even... Well, let's see. I'm going to get ahead of myself here. Uh, you know, if, if, we, if we could honestly look at people in a, in a way that we understand why they're doing what they're doing, why somebody would drill a hole in, in the gas tank of a vehicle that's for sale just for a little gas. Just, I mean, are you that desperate? I mean, you had to come equipped to, to drill a hole in a gas tank. You could have gone to the store probably and just gotten some gas a whole lot easier than it took them, the effort they took to get that gas out of that gas tank. And you think, how? How does this happen? Well, if we could look at people like that with a, with a compassion that, they don't, that says they don't know any better, they don't know any better. That's what their problem is, is they don't know any better. They don't see anything any different. They're, they're, they're encompassed with this great need, and the darkness has convinced them that this is an easy way out, and they can do this, and, and they can get what they need. And, and if we can look at that, it will help us maintain our um, attitude toward the world. The people who operate in darkness are so... Um, what's the word I'd like to use? Um, pitiful. They need so much. They need a savior so badly. They need somebody to tell them how much God loves them. They need somebody to come just with a spark of light. You know, and what does our vision say? Go with me to Acts 26. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I am so grateful that God has given us such a distinct vision for this church. You know, that we, uh, we, we were around a lot of ministers, and, and honestly, the, there's a kind of a new concept in pastoring and starting churches, and, and which, you know, there, I could say a lot about that, but I will say this, you know, seems like a lot of people start churches that God's not in. And when they do that, what they need, what they have to do is they have to come up with some kind of a marketing ploy, some kind of a slogan to get people to come to church, to kind of get pique people's interest. Listen, I'm glad God gave us more than a slogan. I'm glad he gave us more than a PR, a marketing strategy. He gave us a real vision. 
you know, that is very clearly defined and is incorporated into every aspect of every department in this church. And everybody knows it. And when new people come in, it doesn't take long for them to figure out and to hear what the vision of this church is. And we find it in Acts 26, and it says... In verse 16, but arise, stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and those things which I will appear unto thee, delivering from the, gen- from the people, from the Gentiles. But here's the, here's the big part. Verse 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified or set apart by faith that is in me. We have a definite, definite mandate to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And you know, to turn somebody from darkness to light, to open their eyes, isn't just talking about people who don't know Jesus. Sometimes it's talking about people who do know Jesus, but don't know. They do not know about their inheritance. They do not know that being born again is more than just going to heaven. It's amazing how many people don't know. Obviously, unbelievers don't know that. But there's a lot of believers who do not have a clue that God intends for them to live an abundant life here. That their life here can reflect the kind of victory that he intends for you to enjoy to the max in heaven. The difference here is here we have to deal with an enemy who is constantly trying to take from us what belongs to us already. We get to heaven, there won't be any of that. We will see our full inheritance completely the way God intended for it to be. But he intends for us to see it and to live it and to walk it out while we're here. You are victorious in all things. Every fight you come up against, you don't have to worry about the outcome because you've already been named as the victor. You've already been given the winner's belt. You've already been given the victor's crown. You've already been told that it's all said and done with it. He's fighting the battles for you, that it's a done deal already. So why should we worry? We may have to walk out some things in the meantime, but do you know how many people do not know that? I read something just today. Somebody was was giving a praise report about about uh, their daughter, how she had uh, been diagnosed, it looked like, with breast cancer and, and all the tests had come back. And, and after many sleepless nights of worry, God has answered a prayer. I'm thinking, you shouldn't have had a sleepless night to start with. You say, Pastor Andrew, you know what you're talking about? I certainly do. I've been on the cancer end. I know what sleepless nights are all about. And I know what being able to fall asleep and just go, I'm not worrying about it. I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. God's got this, and I've got this, and I can go to sleep, and I can have a good night's sleep. So don't tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking about. I do know the times when something else came up, and, and the enemy said, it's back. It's just metastasized now. And I'm going, uh-uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. And I'm not going to worry and lose any sleep over it. I'm not going to waste my time worrying about it. If it's nothing, then I've really wasted my time. And if it's something, it wouldn't have done me any good to worry about to start with because I've already got the answer. So what's the big deal? What's the big deal? But do you know those, there's, 
the church world at large does not understand that, that is the job that we have been given. That's the assignment we have been given, is to open people's eyes and to turn them from darkness. Because even a believer, if you're not walking in the light of what this word has presented, then you are walking in an element of darkness. When I can't seem to get a hold of a particular answer, it's because I am not walking in the light that I should be walking in. There's darkness that has crept into that particular aspect of my life. Somebody here once said, you know, that they have, you know, I can, I, I, I'm really good about, about healing, but man, you know, prosperity, you know, and, and finances and stuff is, I struggle with that. It's because you're walking in darkness. You know, and that's really what this, this is kind of about is, you know, and it's just, and it's just a different way of looking at it. That, that's really what this is tonight. It's just a different way. Of when I can't find joy, it's because I'm walking in darkness instead of in the light. What does that say? The entrance of your word. The entrance of your words give light. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God never intended for you to walk, walk on in darkness of any kind. Of any kind. There's light for you. In any situation, there is light available to you. You just have to walk in the light. And refuse to let the darkness overtake you in those areas. You know, in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, you know, I, I had just had so many things that just had come to mind, you know, along this line. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. It says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Go on to verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded, who commanded, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Look at that. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know, anytime you're struggling with something, just know you got to step out of the dark place, step into the light. That's where we're going to have to walk. Get out of the darkness, step into the light. And it might be just a tiny little nightlight at first. You know, but you just keep going toward the light. You just keep headed toward the light. You just keep letting the word bring light to you. You just keep letting the word be a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path. Second Timothy says that evil men will wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. What is deception? Darkness. Darkness. That's all it is, is darkness. And there's some major darkness going on in our life, in our world. You know, I, you know, I, I see quite a few things, you know, going on right now. You know, with the, it's, it's amazing how much the Roe versus Wade being overturned has stirred the pot 
And there is so much being said. So many people are so upset. You know, that a woman's right has been taken away from her. And I'm going, they're just so deceived. They're walking in such gross darkness. How can you possibly think it's okay to take the life of a baby just because they're not born yet? How, would you, how is that even possible? It's because they're walking in gross darkness. That's the place. And there are believers who think it's, it's okay. You know, one of our former president's wives you know, is a very big pro-choice person. And, I'm, and supposedly she's a believer. And I'm going, how? How? How is that possible? How is it possible for you to reconcile being a believer and, and it, abortion being okay? How can you do that? There's a darkness in that person's life in that area, is all I can say. A darkness, a gross darkness in their lives. That the, only the word of God, when it shined out, well, it's the only thing that can get rid of that. You know, but there are people who have just gone bananas over that decision, over that court decision. I mean, have done some horrendous things. I mean, they've threatened the lives of judges and, and, and done things, you know, at abortion you know, or right-to-life clinics and, and crisis pregnancy centers. And you just wonder, how dark is it going to get? Well, I don't care, folks, how dark it does get in, that, in, in those people. You and I have the light. You and I have the light. We can walk in the light, and we should be walking. We should be ready to turn up the switch. You know, we've all got places in our, in our house where we've got dimmer switches. Listen, it's time to turn up the dimmer switch all the way and get it to a place where the light is as bright as it could possibly be. Uh, Ecclesiastes 2.14 said, A fool walks in darkness. Are you numbered among fools? I sure hope not. Isaiah 50, verse 10, it says, well, let's go over there because I didn't write that whole verse down. Isaiah 50, verse 10. Who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servant, that walks in darkness and has no light? Tells me that there are people who are servants of the Lord that still walk in darkness. And it's, and it's our job to help bring the light to them. John 1, 79 says that we're to, well, John the Baptist said this. He said he came to give light to them that sit in darkness. And his light, you know, he was introducing Jesus to them. Uh, Romans two nineteen says that we are to be a guide of the blind, a light to them that are in darkness. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 14. Hallelujah. Hold your finger there. I think it's verse 16. And hold your finger there and go with me to Mark 4, verse 21. Anyway, let's, uh, so you got your finger in, in Matthew, okay, and your finger in Mark. Let's read Matthew first. Um, it's actually verse 16. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light has sprung up. New King James says, has dawned. Mark chapter 4, and that would be verse 21. He said to them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? 
For there is nothing hid which shall not be made manifest, neither was anything kept secret, but it should come abroad. Listen, my whole point here is verse 21. Is a candle brought just to be put under a bushel or under a bed? No, if you are the light of the world, if you are light, you've been set on a hill. Don't hide it. You know, if we are to expose the darkness, we can't do it from a place of compromise. We can't do it from a place of, well, you know, it's not so bad. It's okay. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. I, you know, I just want to keep the peace. Listen, they need the light. They need the light. To leave somebody in darkness when you could do something about it is a terrible thing. But that's our job. You know, when I was growing up, we said, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, my light doesn't have to be little. My light can be a big, strong searchlight. You know, you know what, what, are those, what are those things? Um, a lighthouse. With this, I mean, huge thing that rotates. You know, the lighthouse was set up and was set up high. So that the ships way out at sea had a place that they could, they could target to come into shore safely. You're going to be somebody's lighthouse. You know, and, and they may be way out there. <laughs> but let me tell you, even a little bit of light will attract them. Light is an attractive thing. Just turn on your porch light and see how many bugs come to it. Listen. You're, you're to be the bug attractor. You know, there's a lot of bugs out there. And you're supposed to attract them. Let the light shine. Don't hide it. Don't be a bug zapper either. You know, when they get there, show them, show them what God wants them to see. You know, not what you want them to see. Just, just back up and go, they've been operating dark, in darkness so long that, you know, they just don't understand. But I'm going to help them understand. A little bit of light at a time is all they can handle. You know, when somebody's been in a very dark place for a very long time, they can only handle just a little bit of light at a time because otherwise it's too overwhelming. It hurts too badly. You can feed somebody just a little bit of light, just a little bit of light, just a little bit until they they can adapt to to the light. And once they've adapted, you can bring more light. You are to be that light that is set up for somebody to see it and to go, I need I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to head toward the light. That's all I know to do is head toward the light. And listen, I tell you what, it may take some time. It may take some effort. But if you're letting the light shine through you, I'm telling you, it will bring results. Because they're operating in darkness. They don't know any better. But we have to use the light that's on the inside of us to show them that there is a better way, that God has something wonderful waiting for them, wonderful that they can enjoy, that they can enjoy the same kind of light and life that you're enjoying. Hallelujah. We have the ability to dispel darkness everywhere we go. You can, you can be the light that walks into a room of chaos. You can be the light that walks into a room full of contention. 
Steve Green is, is, is an, a good example of, of, of a position and a job that he has, that he has to deal with people all the time that walk in a lot of darkness, don't you, Steve? And he has to be the light when he walks into that room. He has to be the light that brings peace into a situation, that can bring some calm into, into a situation, can bring some sanity to a situation. Whether it, whether it remains after he leaves, you know, you can't ever really tell. But for that moment, he can dispel the darkness. Any situation you go into at work, at school, you know, in the grocery store, anyway, you can be a light that dispels darkness that is trying to envelop the, the atmosphere that you're in. You ever walked into a place and you just, it just felt, ugh. You can take authority over that. Pastor's been teaching on being in union with Christ. What is it all about? Authority and dominion. That's what it's all about. And when you walk in the authority and the dominion that God has ordained that you walk in, you will be the light that is needed in any situation. You know, I, I worked, you know, in a doctor's office, you know, out in Oklahoma. I worked in a doctor's office when we were, you know, after we moved here. You know, and, and not everybody in those offices were born again. And yet you can bring the light in there. You may not think it's making a difference, but I guarantee you it's making a difference. If you'll bring the light, it will cause change to happen. Even if those people don't change, they'll be different around you. They will curb their tongue. They will watch their language. They will not talk about certain things. They will bring respect to that situation because of the light you bring to that situation. Hallelujah. You know, we can dispel the darkness every time we come in here for a service. You're going, what? There's darkness when we come to church? Mm-hmm, there is. The devil comes to church just like you do. How do I know that? Oh, because I see where people get offended with somebody. Because where I see people who want to do their own thing instead of what they're asked to do. Like I see a great deal of, of um, sometimes it's, it's nothing more than just uninterest. You can tell in a service when, when the crowd's not with you. You can tell when people are just really don't care. You can look at faces and see where somebody's going, no, no. No. You're telling them something they need to hear, and they're going, nope. You know, it's like, it's like they, they just mentally, they've got their fingers in their ears going, na 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 Yeah, that's darkness, folks. You know, when you pray on the way to church, pray that the darkness that the enemy's trying to bring to the minds of the people who are sitting here can be dispelled so they can receive the light that's being put forth. Because the, as the word goes forth, it should bring more light into your life. That's why you should be different when you go out than when you came in. There should have been more light brought to you so that you walk in a bigger place of light. And dispel the darkness. How many people have come to church that needed to get born again and walked out the same way? Because darkness wasn't dealt with. Because the darkness was, was encompassing them to the point that they could not see. They did not know what was being presented to them and how life-changing it could be. 
you know, we need to make it available. I mean, even, you know, we can, add, we can pray, just like the, the Ephesians and Colossians, Philippians, we can pray all kinds of things for people. One of the best things we can pray is the eyes of their understanding are being enlightened. That darkness is stripped away long enough for them to see the light that God's trying to show them. And they can make a decision based on light, not on darkness. So I'll leave you with this last scripture. Isaiah chapter 60. I hope this made some sense to you tonight. Isaiah chapter 60. Verse 1, you know this verse. Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Let me tell you, arise, shine. It's time for the people of God to arise and shine. The time has come. The glory of the Lord is yours. It has risen upon you because the life of Christ is on the inside of you. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is residing on the inside of you. Because power and authority and dominion have been given unto you. You have an incredible opportunity to shine so bright that people are just amazed at what they behold. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you to dispel the darkness. And that's our job. As the darkness gets darker, our light should get brighter. Don't be ashamed of the light that's on the inside of you. Don't be hesitant to let that light shine out from you. Don't be dismayed that it doesn't seem to work at first. You just you just keep you just keep letting the light shine. You just keep letting it shine and and you just see what somebody will come back They'll turn around and come back. Sometimes it looks like they're going away from you. But I'm telling you what, you cannot resist that light. You cannot resist it. How do I know that? You didn't resist it. You didn't. You just believe God that your light is is the light that they need. And be willing to share it with them. Be willing to be that at all times. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. That's putting your light under a bushel. Don't compromise. You follow the plan of God for your life. Don't compromise. Words well spoken, well timed, are just exactly what people need. You can't throw it all out there at once. But your life, you can embody the light of the life of Christ on the inside of you without saying a word. And that's what we're after. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. All right, so my little light people, lightning bugs, I want you to go out there and shine. I want you to go out there and make a difference in the darkness. You can make, the, you can make a huge difference in somebody's life. Huge.
Huge. Whether it's your light that turns them ultimately or not or somebody else's, the impact of the light that you have will be a stepping stone to the decisions that they need to make to walk in the light themselves. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.